Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky uh, addressed Parliament in our country yesterday, and this morning he addressed a joint session of the United States Congress. And a slightly different, well, not a slightly different tone, a fairly dramatically different tone. He seemed to expand um, the topics he was on and sort of the tone and uh, the scope of the situation and how he feels it's affecting us globally, um, perhaps more so than he did when he was speaking with uh, Parliament in this country. He was talking about how things are are much, much different, saying in this instance, Ukraine is not fighting just for Ukraine, they're fighting for the whole world. Today, the Ukrainian people are defending not only Ukraine, we are fighting for the values of Europe and the world, sacrificing our lives in the name of the future. That's why today the American people are helping not just Ukraine, but Europe and the world to keep the planet alive, to keep justice in history. Part of his presentation today featured a a very graphic video, which showed some of the bombing, some of the dead and the wounded, and he asked Americans to help in imposing a no-fly zone over his country to stop the Russian bombing. He wrapped up his speech in English. At the leader of my nation, I'm addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. So, yeah, once again, asking for a no-fly zone, which so far uh, President Joe Biden has refused to do, saying that would mean World War III with Russia. The same message this morning from uh, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, saying we've had to make some difficult decisions as a country, and that's one of them. Um, so let's get some insight on the speech itself and, and the impact that it might have. We're going to chat with Matt Lebo, who is Department Chair and Professor of Political Science at Western University, with a focus on politics in the United States and Congress in particular. Matt, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. You're welcome. Uh, the tone of this speech, I was struck by the fact that um, it was much broader, and I, I'm not sure how to describe it, but it, it was talking more about the world and how the United States is sort of the leader of the world, and they need to act on behalf of the world, because right now Ukraine's fighting for the world. It was it was very large in scale, I guess. Yeah, I agree. You know, the United States obviously is a much bigger economic power and a much, much bigger military power compared to Canada or uh, European countries, and so he was pointedly asking for uh, leadership from the United States to push um, all of the U.S. Uh, allies to to take on similar actions for the U.S. to lead by example. Uh, there were a number of things that he he was asking for, um, uh, starting with the no-fly yeah. uh, zone, but then sort of a list of things, since he knows that the answer to that is no, at least for now. Um, we'll get to his list of 
requests in a moment. First of all, though, I thought it was really interesting how he sort of brought up a couple of the major incidents that led to world wars or at least conflict for the United States. He mentioned Pearl Harbor and September 11th, saying, remember Pearl Harbor, remember September 11th, our countries are experiencing the same thing every day right now. I imagine that would be a powerful message to all Americans. I think so, and I think both of those those um, uh, historic situations are involved, you know, the United States sort of sitting back and staying out of conflict until conflict came to them. And right. so while the U.S. is, is working hard now to, uh, you know, to help uh, Ukraine, but to be careful not to step over some line that would, that would start World War III, uh, there might be hints there, you know, that, that this conflict is coming to the United States and, and um, they might want to be more proactive than just wait for it. Um, and as you say, the no-fly zone, that's, that's the leading request all the time. But like you say, I think the understanding has been made very clear that that's just a non-starter. It's not going to happen. So he did say, if that's too much, what about this? He does have other things that he's now pivoted to, right? So the top of the list is, is more defensive weapons. And today, um, President Biden announced $800 million uh, more worth of um, defensive weapons. And, you know, these are the things that get announced. We don't know what else might, uh, might be happening. He asked for increased sanctions. He asked for American companies. And he, he talk, was talking, you know, to Congress, and he's telling members of Congress and senators, talk to the companies in your state. Talk to them about, you know, um, uh, pulling their contracts with, uh, uh, with Russia. Make sure that you're not accepting shipments from Russia. Uh, any way that American companies are putting money into Russian hands that is being used to uh, invade uh, and hurt uh, Ukraine, he's, he's challenging um, uh, the American Congress to, to put pressure to make that happen. And just to stop that money. Yeah. And just reading some of the reaction from, um, you know, uh, Congress people and, and senators and the like following the speech, it sounds like he's incredibly effective. Like Majority Whip Dick Durbin said, I'm on board with a blank check on sanctions. Just do whatever we can do in order to stop this Russian advance. This is one thing when it seemed like nothing could possibly unite the United States Congress. This seems to have done a pretty good job. And it looks like Zelensky uh, just furthered that this morning. Yeah, and this is this is part of what's been really interesting over the last uh, few weeks since the yes. State of the Union is to see Republicans' reactions to it, and so Republicans are are, are trying to do you know sort of a careful dance. They they are rallying um, a little bit behind the president. They certainly are on the same side. Most of them are on the same side as President Biden in terms of seeing Putin as uh, the, the the enemy here and uh, helping Ukraine, which is really the victim, and. So there's there's a lot of that going on, and then there's you know sort of uh, swipes taken at President Biden because when this is over, somehow the the Republicans will have to make it uh, you know some some part of their election issues that whatever whatever however this ends up, yeah. it could have gone better if only Biden had done X Y and Z, and so they're they're sort of putting out feelers now that they come, can come back and say, aha, you should have listened to us, and, and look what happened. Yeah, uh, no doubt, of course. Um, just your overall take on what Zelensky said to Congress today, and uh, just, just what he's been doing with these addresses, they're really quite remarkable. Um, th- there's just so many ways that, that in you know, an interconnected, interconnected world and economy that Russia's involved with other countries. And he's just being very smart about attacking every one of those connections that he can and putting economic pressure and military pressure on uh, Russia to stop and to, to pull back and, and, or to negotiate um, a ceasefire or, or whatever. There's just, you know, the, these economic levers that I think 
uh, Putin didn't think were going to be put into place. Uh, Zelensky is very deliberately yeah. challenging all these countries to to put them in play. And uh, it's enormous pressure on the Russian economy and the Russian people and then the government. Um, the question, I guess, is, is there more that can be done? Uh, when, you, when he makes these appeal to, to Canada yesterday and to United States today, short of a no-fly zone, is there more that can be done? I mean, will he tip them into another category that we don't know about yet? I guess more and more defensive weapons. Um, that's that's a start. Yeah. More aid for uh, refugees and helping refugees and, and for um uh, helping people who are still in Ukraine and, and need more help, um, and stopping you know every possible way that that money is making its way into uh, Russian hands, and so you know some of the actions you know dealing with oligarchs and seizing yachts. I mean these are they they're not just symbolic. These are the you know they're 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 stealing assets or taking assets of people that are surra- surrounding Putin, and right. they will be putting pressure on him. And so there's you know this this is coming from all directions that there there can't be too many people. Uh, telling Putin to to continue to ramp things up. Yeah, it's it's quite remarkable. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Sure, you're welcome. That is Matt Lebo. Matt is department chair and professor of political science at Western University. And, you know, I mean, say what you will. Um, you know, crises uh, create great leaders and um, and legends in some cases. And I think that's the area we're getting into with Zelensky here. Uh, people talking, following his speech today, uh, Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech he invoked. Just, um, you know, last week he was he was doing Shakespeare, uh, Churchill. The, the list goes on in terms of some absolutely remarkable moments in history um, being tied to what this guy is doing right now. And I was doing some reading about why he's doing this and the choice he faced when this all started. He had two choices, and you know what they were. The United States went to him and said, listen, we'll get you out of there. Come to the States, be safe, bring your family. And he said, no, I, I, I don't need that. I don't need, a, I don't need a flight out of here. The, the war is here. I need ammunition, right? And that was when this whole thing started with him. And then you see him walking the streets of Ukraine, and he's doing addresses daily on social media from wherever he is, sometimes his office, sometimes a bunker, sometimes walking through the streets of Kiev, even as it's being bombed. So he's taken this role. Why? Um, first of all, to lead his people, and I think he's doing an incredible job of that. But if you remember what Russia said about why this whole thing started, they said that this guy and his government were drug addicts and Nazis. So part of his job is to make sure that that narrative is countered each and every single day. And the best way for him to do that is to be on camera, to be front and center, clear-eyed, resolute, and leading his people through this crisis. And like him or not, and I don't know many people who don't like him at this point, he's done one hell of a job on that front. He really and truly has. Um, You know, whatever way this plays out, there will be statues of Volodymyr Zelensky all over Ukraine when this is said and done. There's no doubt about it. The man um, has really risen to the occasion, and I don't think a lot of people expected he would when this started. He was a comedian. Now, I know he's got a law degree, but whatever. He's never been a lawyer. He's been a comedian, an actor on television, and a good one by the sounds of it. Um, but uh, I don't know if a lot of people have the faith in him to to rise to the occasion the way that he has in this time of extreme crisis. But he's impressed a lot of people, and he'll continue to do what he's doing and uh, and try and rally support from around the world.